0: All set for your flight? Yep, I've got everything I need. Eye mask, neck pillow, T-Mobile, headphones. Wait, T-Mobile? You bet. Free in-flight Wi-Fi. 15% off all Hilton brands. I never go anywhere without T-Mobile. Same goes from a water bottle, chewing gum, nail clippers, okay, passport. Okay, I'm gonna leave socks, you tablet. to it. Find out how you can experience travel better at T-Mobile.com travel. Qualifying plan required. Wi-Fi were available on select U.S. airlines. Deposit and Hilton honors membership required for 15% discount. Terms and conditions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem-solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on a crimson elephant toy. Here comes, boys. Here comes Bosco's 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 Boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for another week of Bosco's Boys. I have no idea if we will get the full week or not, uh, but we're going to give it the old college try. Uh, As we talked about uh, with Derek Young on Friday, uh, the the hope is to get all five shows this week. Keep it going for another week, but folks, we are officially in the territory where uh, the streak could end on any day except for Monday. We will always have a Monday show. The, the day there is not a Bosco's Boys episode in your guys' podcast feed on a Monday is, the, is a day that Bosco's Boys might be over forever. Um, but stay tuned. Hoping to get a few guests on this week and talk about all sorts of the fun and exciting news in K-State sports. Before we get going with this episode, as always, we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company Whether it's the Tang Party Sour Whether it's the Towny Wheat Whether it's one of their German dark beers That is super crisp That I can't pronounce That was brewed with the Lawrence Beer Company Everything there is delicious Everything there is fresh And I promise you Even if you think you don't like craft beer You will find a beer there That you are absolutely in love with they also have a full beer or full, full bar excuse me and they have some amazing decorations for christmas so go check out manhattan brewing company today all right let's get into it first let's talk about uh the k-state men's basketball team look they they are nine in one now um That only loss coming against Butler. Uh, And we'll talk about the game versus uh, Incarnate Word. Um, But quite frankly, (laughs) I mean, Incarnate Word is trash. They're trash. They are a very bad team. So I don't know how much you can take away from that individual game. But what I think you can take away from is... Being 9-1, and, and especially since it turns out that LSU is quite salty. The only game LSU has lost uh, this year has been that game in the Cayman Island Classic. Nevada has turned out to be relatively salty, although they did take a loss to Oregon um, just earlier this week. I think they said on the broadcast, K-State does have three top 100 wins So far this season So it isn't like the end all be all of Cupcake schedules Now it hasn't been uh, this schedule that's going to set us up You know You know, that we're looking at like a two seed or anything crazy like that. But you have been able to stack up the wins. You have been able to get confidence and you have been able to pick and choose some of these moments where Jerome Tang and company can use teaching moments. uh, Where this team hasn't played great, there's those teaching moments and you still get a win for all of them except for that Butler game. I think that has been. Very important. You've been able to, on different games, have different players go off and show that, hey, I can go out there and I can be a big-time offensive contributor. We've seen David Goussan go off, and he he has two really good back-to-back games. We've seen Desi Sills have those moments. We, We know what Marquise Noel can do. We know what Keontae Johnson can do. Uh, so you just need some of these other players to step up, find their role, and, and know what they can do for this team. I, I think it has been a wildly successful non-conference uh, for that reason uh, alone. Uh, and, like I said, sitting at 9-1, and one, uh, I, I've been saying 18 and we're in, 18 and we're in. I, I, I keep looking back uh, to that Oklahoma team last year. And how they didn't get in with 18 wins. Um, (laughs) I kind of want to backpedal. I kind of want to say, "Eh, we might need to get to 19. We might might need to get to 19. Uh, But we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I can't stress this enough, and assuming we have a handful of shows this week, this is not going to be the first time you hear me say it. That game versus Nebraska on Saturday is gonna, going to be absolutely massive. Yes, I know Nebraska is 6-5, and five, but they just went to overtime with the number four team in the nation in Purdue. Remember, they won by 10 at Creighton earlier in December. This team is legitimately dangerous we should win don't get me wrong I'm, I'm not trying to like set things up and say okay uh you know if we lose everything's gonna be fine um I'm not trying to you know give us an out or anything like that but there's gonna be uh probably enough Nebraska fans and enough and enough empty seats where Um, It's not going to be some great home court advantage. You know, this isn't going to be um, some game where we go on a run, the crowd gets into the game, and, you know, it's game over for Nebraska. Um, It's not going to be like that. So I, I I am concerned. You know they have no games in between now and then. It's going to be finals. Nebraska is going to be dealing with that too. Uh, but this this is a massive game. If if you want to be an NCAA tournament team, which we're starting to pop up on Joe Linardi's, uh bracketology, uh you know we're starting to pop up on a lot of these bubble reports, all this type of stuff. If you want to have those type of seasons, and especially if you want to talk about seeding, if you, if you want to talk about having a single digit seed, or if you want to talk about trying to avoid the eight nine line, if you're saying, "Hey, I want to be a seven seed or better or something like that," uh, this game has to be a win. Um, there, you're not going to the the Big Twelve is tough enough. And I think this team has enough weaknesses where I don't think you can just sit back and say, oh, if you drop this game versus Nebraska, we'll be able to uh, figure out a, a way to get enough Big 12 wins mm-hmm. to be comfortably in the tournament. And, uh, you know, what we'll be talking about seeding. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think the Big 12. Is going to be this all out brawl. I don't think there's going to be a single night where you play a Big 12 game where you're able to just pencil in a win and say, oh, yeah, you know, just roll the ball out there and we're going to win by 10 points. I don't think a team is out there uh, that you can just comfortably say that, despite how much fun we're having, uh, especially with as good as, you know, Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson are playing. I don't think that any team is bad enough that you can say that. Uh, So you have to make sure you grab these wins. And you have to grab you know, this win versus Nebraska, another Power 5 team. Uh, Especially when you're talking about the net rankings. Whether or not it should... I don't even... I'll be honest. I, I don't know the formula with the net. I don't know any of that type of stuff. But when you have a neutral site game, I know that the... Uh, threshold for it to be considered a quality win is much lower So being able to take advantage of one of those opportunities In the non-conference uh, Before you get one more tune-up game And then you get your 10-day break before Big 12 play starts up uh, It's going to be vitally important I, I would tell anyone who is in the Kansas City area If you don't already have plans on Saturday Get down to the T-Mobile Center This is a super fun team, and again, you're playing one of these old Big 8 rivals. Uh, Like I said, I would imagine there are going to be enough empty seats and enough Nebraska fans to truly make it a neutral site game. Yes, I think Mitch Fortner's going to be on the PA. We're going to have the videos and all that type of stuff, but I don't think enough K-State fans are going to show up to make it a true home court advantage i would love for this to be another one of those times where i'm wrong about uh trying to project out uh you know the k-state fandom i don't think it's going to happen um but i hope i am it's always a fun time again i know it's easier uh to to say this when you live in kansas city but i love getting down to downtown kansas city during christmas time uh you know be at power and light enjoy that game Uh, My dad's driving up from Topeka. It's going to be a fun time, especially if you're in the area. Just, you know, get a couple buddies out there, Uber out to Power and Light, get a couple beers, go into the game, enjoy some cats, and have a fun little weekend before, you know, Christmas time starts up. Uh, You know, it'll it'll be a week from, uh, I think Saturday will be Christmas. Like I said, I I think it truly will be a test. I I hope I can sit on this uh, microphone Hopefully with my sinuses uh, cleared up a little bit better um, a week from now. uh, And say, hey, we kicked their ass. I was wrong. We are this good. All this type of stuff. I I hope that's the case. I I hope that's the case. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Let's talk a little bit about that game, Verse Incarnate Word. Um, which, Incarnate Word sucks, but it, it is fun to have those games and, uh, you know, <laughs> to have those highlight games. So it's like, alright, hey, if, if we don't have a highlight of this guy in the intro video, alright, we can grab it uh, from this game. I will say I was a little disappointed we weren't able to get to 100 points, 98 two First off, being able to say you win by 50 would be pretty fun. Second off, and I didn't realize this, I don't think we ever hit 100 points in the Bruce Weber era. I think they were saying on the broadcast that the last time we scored 100 points was back in 2010. So I really would have liked to see that happen, but at the end of the day, not too too worried. Um, You do look at the stat line, and it's a fun one to look at. Keontae Johnson leading the team with 18 points. But then you got Marquise Noel with 10. Cam Carter with 10. David Gusam with 10. Uh, Naquan Tomlin, 15. Dorian Finister, 10. Desi Sills, 10. Tyke Green, 6. Ishma Sud got 3. It is fun to see that level of scoring. And it is all relatively balanced. Again, you have a guy of 18, 15, 14, 12, 10, 10, 10. That is a lot of fun That is a lot of fun Keontae Johnson continues uh, to be just elite shooting the ball Getting buckets He got those 18 points in just 24 minutes That's the other good part about this game If you look at the minutes distribution Tomlin, uh, 22 minutes Gusan, 20 Keontae, 24 Cam Carter, 26 Marquise Noel, 23 Ish, 14 Finister, 22 Tyke Green, 17, seven, or Desi Sills, 27. You know, being able to have a game like that, allow some of the bench players to play all those minutes, keep Marquise Noel and keep Keontae Johnson under 30 minutes played, that was absolutely awesome. It was mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Uh, Total rebounds, no one got over 10. Uh, Finister had 7. Tomlin had 9. Marquise Noel, 5. Keontae Johnson, 4. Tyke Green, 5. Really, like I said, you're playing a bad team, but you got some highlight type plays. You got a game where you had all five starters in double figures and including two guys off the bench in double figures. I want to say this because I, I think this is very important. Uh, Coach Tang said in his post-game press conference that they really have David Gusan going, but Desi Sills he feels like is just about ready to get to that sort of level. If you get Desi Sills able to start playing at a high level, start playing again, you're not going to get 14 points, uh, you know, four assists, three rebounds, two steals. Uh, From him every single game, especially once you start playing some of this upper tier competition. But if you can get 25 solid minutes from him and be that guy we kind of all were hoping to see. Because I had him penciled in as the uh, number two guard. I had Cam Carter coming off the bench. I had him being that second guy. Um, If you can get that sort of quality play from him... I mean, I think I, I really think the sky's the limit for this team. I truly believe that. So if you get him going, that would be absolutely amazing. And I'll say this: again, you're playing versus uh, probably the worst team we're going to play all season, but David Gusan follows up his nine for nine performance with a five for five performance from the field. This guy is absolutely feeling it. And if he's able to have that sort of offensive production, that's going to be massive, massive for this team. Now, I have some concerns if you ever play some of these teams. There's not a lot of them, so it's not going to be a massive issue. But I do have some concerns when you start playing some of these teams with a traditional kind of back-to-basket big who has post moves, who's able to dominate on the glass, and his ability to stop that but he is a matchup problem for any of those guys. So I'm going to be really watching him as Big 12 play uh, gets going. I want to see how he finds his way in those uh, games. But here's the thing. He played at Virginia Tech. He's a guy who has plenty of high major experience. This isn't kind of like some of these other transfers. Like Bebe. Uh, and, and the hope is for him to get back on the court Saturday versus Nebraska. But he's never played in a power conference week in, week out. Gusson has. So he's going to really have to call on that experience with some of these other guys. And really set the tone once Big 12 play gets started. All in all... I am so pleased with this team. Obviously, would have loved for a better performance versus Butler out in Indianapolis. Uh, been undefeated, especially uh, since I was there. But here's the thing, folks: nine and one, 10 games into the Jerome Tang era. This is one of the. It is the single best start to any K-State men's basketball coaching career ever. This is one of the best starts we've had since the season. We won the Big 12 with Dean, Cam, and Barry. They are setting themselves up to get everything that we wanted out of this season. Everything that we wanted. Getting back to postseason play. Making some noise in Big 12 play. Just having a fun brand of basketball. It is all here. And we're only, what, 11 days into December? We still have our big game in Kansas City. We still have Florida coming to our house in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, the final year of the Big 12 SEC Challenge. I'm absolutely pumped and over the moon for this basketball team. I'm taking a day off of work. I'm taking off the 21st so I can make sure I'm in Bramlage for that doubleheader. I hope you guys can try to get out to one of these final two games before Big 12 play kicks off, you know, on New Year's Eve versus West Virginia. Quickly, before we move on into some of the happenings with the football team, um, maybe, quite quite frankly, maybe the biggest uh, offensive transfer uh, that we've gotten since I mean, what, maybe since Chris Harper? Maybe? I don't know. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. But the K-State women did drop their game versus South Dakota State in Municipal Arena in Kansas City. And I think this is where they showed... um, I don't know if warts is the right word or some of the concern that I have... Um, South Dakota State historically a pretty good team But they're 6-4 and four. Granted they started the season ranked top 25 I would imagine they get back into the top 25 You know they had a great win over Louisville uh, But losing versus South Dakota State in Kansas City Despite Gabby Gregory going off for 31 Getting 78 points Offense not the issue But they could not stop South Dakota they could not, Or South Dakota State. They could not stop the Jackrabbits. South Dakota State had four players in double figures. Their starting like wing player went 8 of 11 from the field, scoring 20 points. We allowed them to shoot 51% from the field. And we got out-rebounded by 15. This is where some of the frustration has happened, where this has kind of popped up in the Jeff Mitty era. You have the best player on the floor, uh, but you can't get enough stops, and you, and you can't win an absolute you know shootout gunfight. Serena Sundell chipped in 15. Briley Glenn got 9. Jalen Glenn 6 off the bench. But ultimately, it wasn't enough. So, K-State, the women are going to drop out of the top 25 um, before Big 12 play. Uh, and, and it's a little uh, frustrating. It's, it's too bad uh, that's going to happen. Um, because up until this point, they had such a great run in the non-conference. You know, they, they did have that rough loss versus Arkansas. Uh, But they bounce back by absolutely demolishing Houston and UMKC. And it just kind of hurts to drop that game in Municipal Arena versus a solid but not great South Dakota State team. Hopefully they bounce back and just absolutely demolish Northern Colorado and then Morgan State. That game's at 11 a.m. as part of that uh, December 21st doubleheader uh, in Bramlage Coliseum. Hopefully they take care of business and they get right uh, before they go to Texas to start non-conference play. That's on New Year's Eve as well at Texas. And then they have Oklahoma State on the 4th. January 4th is the first home Big 12 conference game. Now, before we get to the absolute massive news, massive transfer pickup for K-State. You know them, you love them, Charlie Hustle. Guys, get on their website charliehustle.com and get a couple Christmas presents, Hanukkah presents, New Year's presents for those December birthday birthday presents for the ones you love. I'm currently wearing the most comfortable joggers I own. These purple K-State joggers I don't think I'm going to take them off all winter. They are that comfortable. Not only do they have K-State joggers, if you if you have to give gifts to someone who cheers for another school, I bet you they have some great joggers for that school as well. They have the Arrowhead Collection. They have the Sporting Club Collection, Crown Town. If you're a fan of all the Kansas City professional sports teams, And they have all the great Kansas City landmark shirts and the KC Hart stuff as well. So go to charliehustle.com today. Check out their store on the Country Club Plaza here in Kansas City. Or go to Select Retailers in Manhattan and get your gear today. All right, now for uh, the biggest news. And and I actually, I, I legitimately think... This might be the biggest offensive pickup, you know, of a of a transfer since Chris Harper. Now, uh, no shade to the two running backs we brought in, you know, Jordan Brown and James Gilbert back in year one for Chris Hyman at running back, but Keegan Johnson, out of Iowa, wide receiver maybe the biggest one that we have gotten since Chris Harper this guy is a former four-star prospect he absolutely lit it up as a freshman at, at Iowa and granted lit up at Iowa is a little bit of an oxymoron yes uh, but he had some absolute highlight plays he's he's basically going to be the Malik Knowles. Replacement. This is a guy who has speed, who has hands, who has an a NFL-type body. He is a guy who, you know, s- similar to Julius Brents. A guy that if you talk to anyone at the University of Iowa, anyone in Iowa City are saying this guy is a future pro and they desperately wanted to keep him at Iowa. And it wasn't just Iowa who was trying to keep him Uh, You know, on campus. Notre Dame was going after him. Nebraska. Because he was a legacy. Born in Nebraska. His dad played there. Nebraska. Going all out trying to get him. Texas A&M. Michigan. Michigan State. This was a massive recruiting win. Not only a recruiting win. But just a statement of intent. To rest of the Big Twelve, that says, "Hey, look, K State's offense. This was a one-year thing. If you look at the advanced analytics just for Big Twelve play, K State had the best offense in the Big Twelve. And everyone's looking at, okay, Malik Knowles is leaving. Maybe Deuce Vaughn's leaving. Phillip Brooks is leaving. You know, yeah, you got you got to worry about Ben Senate. Yeah." DJ, he's going to be okay. But when you bring this guy in, that is a statement of intent that says, hey, look, we're here to play, play. This isn't going to be a one-year blip. This guy is a bona fide number one wide receiver from day one, and he was wanted from some of the biggest programs in college football. Michigan, going back-to-back playoffs. Nope, he wants to be a Wildcat. Born and raised in Nebraska, legacy Cornhusker. Nah, I want to be a Cat. Notre Dame, maybe the most famous college football program in the world. No, that's no fun. I want to be a Cat. This was the first strike in the in the transfer portal. And again, Chris Kleiman is showing when it comes to building a team, he is able to do it on all levels. Winning recruiting battles for high school kids, developing diamonds in the rough, and winning in the transfer portal. And he's proving that he can do it Not just with FCS superstars Bring him up to the next level Finding guys at G5 schools You know, diamond picking in, in In the rough In the transfer portal No, he's going after one of the most contested One of the hottest names at wide receiver With multiple years to play With multiple years to play This isn't a one year thing this is a guy, Keegan Johnson, is about to be a name that you are going to be hearing in Bill Snyder Family Stadium for multiple seasons. Now we got about ten days before early signing day. Uh, make sure you're checked in at whatever your preferred, you know, site covering it is: K-State Online, Ema Online, Go Powercat. This staff is pounding the stone, pounding the pavement, whatever. You know, cliche you want to use, making sure that the commits they have are uh, staying put. There's a couple big names that are still swinging after. Um, Anyone who's following recruiting probably has heard uh, Dylan Edwards decommitted from Notre Dame. He's going to Colorado. That won't be one of them. I'm not worried about that. We got Joe Jackson coming in, and we're going after a couple transfer running backs, a couple Juco running backs. I think we are going to be more than fine at running back. Not worried about that one bit. But be sure to stay tuned. I'm sure next week we will have some sort of uh, post-signing day show, recruiting show, uh, where we talk about some of these studs that are going to be coming in next year. Um, This is going to be a shorter show, but before we do, I want to give some love to some of the superstars at K-State. First off, Malik Knowles. I believe it was CBS. I believe it was CBS. I'm not quite sure. But Malik Knowles got put on a second team All-American list as a wide receiver. I feel so good for Malik Knowles. Not only was did he make uh, some all-conference teams. I believe all of them were second-team All-Conference. But now getting second-team All-American, not as a return guy, but as a wide receiver, uh, just warms my heart. Here is a guy who has struggled with injuries. He's struggled with an up-and-down up, up and down, uh, consistency at K-State over his entire career. But what is what is it that we have said about Malik Knowles from day one? From day one. That if he can stay on the field, if he can stay healthy, this is a future NFL wide receiver. This is an all-conference type player. This is an all-American type player. And that has finally come to fruition for Malik. And I could not be happier for this guy who stuck it out. He was part of that team. Bill Snyder's final team. He didn't transfer. He stayed with Chris Kleiman, you know, when he was dealing with some stuff back home, you know, this young man had to deal with more uh, in his young life than anyone in their early 20s should have to deal with. You know, there were all these rumors about how Malik Knowles was going to transfer, he was going to leave. No, he stuck it out. And he's finally able to receive these roses and accolades for the season that he had. So making all-conference teams, making all-American teams is the perfect cap on his career. Now, to three guys who are getting some all-American accolades uh, that are just adding to their legacy, Felix Inutike Uzama was the AP defensive player of the year for the Big 12, so it's not just Big 12 coaches. He made multiple... Second-team, All-American-type teams. So this is the second year where he's first-team All-Conference. Second year where he's defensive line player of the year, defensive lineman of the year. Second year where he's getting second-team All-American lists. Absolutely immense for the young man. I think they're... I would guess he is going to go pro. I know there's been a lot of whispers. I think ultimately he's going to go pro. uh, It'll be well-deserved. Felix Anujike Uzama, his legacy is going to be right up there with the all-time greats on defense at K-State. Deuce Vaughn, he was on, I, I believe it was the athletic, he was first team All-American so he backs up last year's consensus first team All-American with another first team All-American list this year that makes him a three-time All-American he was a freshman All-American and an honorable All-American back in 2020 he was a consensus first team All-American in 2021 now he's a first team All-American in 2022. I wish I would have included him on my ballot, but he was included on a handful of Heisman ballots as well. He didn't make top 10, that's fine. But that is another legacy builder, another, uh, you know, ring of honor type honor for Deuce Vaughn. This guy deserves it all. He deserves to be right up there. Next to Darren Sproles, he deserves to be right up there when you're talking about Mount Rushmore of offensive players at K-State. There's nothing you can take away from the man. And I'm glad that he made one of those first-team All-American lists so he can just add that to his mantle, add that to his bio, add it to the resume, to the media guide, all that type of stuff. And finally, Cooper Beatty. This man now making a first-team All-American list after last year making some second-team All-American lists. Talk about a legacy. Talk about a future K-State Hall of Famer Definitely in uh, you know conversations, once you start getting offensive linemen up on the Ring of Honor, he is now a three-time All-Conference lineman, back-to-back first team, All-Big 12. He's the Offensive Lineman of the Year, and now a first-team All-American. I think Cooper Beebe's going to come back, if you're reading the tea leaves, I think he's the most likely of those three that are going to be coming back. But I think K-State fans are going to look back at the last three years, well, and specifically really the last two, and be like, wow. We had Felix, we had Deuce, and we had Cooper all at once. Those were some all-timers. And I think all three of them, along with Malik Knowles, will make NFL rosters and hopefully make an impact at that next level along with Julius Brents hopefully Ty Zentner as well I would love it if Ty Zentner got a shot and Plattner, let Plattner long snap in the NFL let's get some more cats in the NFL but any of them who want to come back that can come back, please do because I enjoy watching you guys play but it was a lot of fun to see all those All-American lists coming through, and I was just so happy, like I said, for uh, you know Felix to get on all those second teams, get Malik out there on a second team as a wide receiver, Deuce and Cooper BB first team. I'll say this. I think Julius Brent's not even getting an honorable mention on any of these All-American teams Uh Is a little hard done I think he performed at an All-American level I think some of those plays In the Big 12 championship game uh, Some of those penalties Getting beat on a couple of those I think that might have hurt him When it comes to some of the voting But I I think he played at an All-American level He made the all uh, Big 12 team for the AP team As well uh, AP voters Uh, So another great season for him uh, we'll be sure to be talking to folks covering K-State uh, recruiting uh, and the team kind of talk about legacies that some of these players have built for themselves later uh, this week. And, of course, building up to that big Sugar Bowl game as well. But that is all we have for this Monday. hope you all had a great weekend. Um, I hope you guys all have a great week. As I've said the last couple episodes, it's the holiday season. It's the giving season. If you have the means, please consider donating to a charity or cause that is near or dear to your heart. Um, And again, just try to make someone's day during this holiday season. Uh, So, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays. I love this time of the year. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, So I hope you guys are enjoying yourselves. So, for the Sunday snoozer himself, the great Chauncey Bosco, the best co-host in the world, we love you guys, and go Cats. Podcast Network.